You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm just kidding. This is The Daily Cheese. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. And I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. Well, it's not a pretty sight. We had a misery Monday today, and a lot of folks on social media decided to really take that to the extreme, despite the fact that their team lost to a respected division rival in the Minnesota Vikings and elsewhere in the league. The Tennessee Titans lost by 11 points to the Bengals. The Chargers lost to the Broncos, who don't have a quarterback. The Rams got blown out by the Dolphins. And the Panthers lost to the Falcons. And of course, thanks to the New Orleans Saints, the Bears lost. So the Packers are still in the lead in the NFC North. Interestingly, this is the first loss I can remember in a while where people weren't calling for Aaron Rodgers to get benched or calling him washed. Although the offense on the whole was pretty bad but some of that probably rests on the fact that Rodgers had over 300 yards and three passing touchdowns. But I think it had more to do with the fact that the trade deadline is tomorrow, and a lot of folks were experiencing confirmation bias. The Packers clearly need another wide receiver. And while that may be true, a lot of folks were happy to gloat about it. So before I hop into the news, let me offer up a piece of advice. Turn off the TV. Don't listen to the talking heads. Don't listen to Kyle Brandt, Colin Coward, I promise you, you're not going to hear one thing from any of those guys that is either useful, constructive, or is going to make you feel real good. And I didn't even touch on whether or not what they said is correct or even intelligent. However, there's no two ways about it. It's a bad week for the Packers. After a frustrating 28-22 loss at home to the Vikings, where Dalvin Cook became just the latest running back in a string of players to set records against the Packers' defense, we woke up this morning to find out The Rona has come to Lambeau. Rookie running back A.J. Dillon has in fact tested positive, and this afternoon the Packers did put him on the COVID reserve list, which is a likely indicator of two things. One, he probably had another test come back that confirmed the first positive, and two, if he's put on the reserve list, it seems likely that the Packers want to use his roster spot for Thursday's game against San Francisco. Now, I want to clear up some misinformation that's put out there about this. It starts with a tweet from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Dylan's positive test came in Sunday's pre-game COVID testing. He played 17 snaps against the Vikings. Throughout eight weeks, the NFL and its medical experts have found no evidence of on-field transmission. Now, what this led people to assume is that the Packers or the NFL knew that Dylan had tested positive prior to the game and let him play anyways. Obviously, this is incorrect. Pelissero then put out a later tweet explaining the NFL and NFLPA agreed to game day PCR testing starting in week six. Everyone tests Sunday morning, but don't get results until late Sunday or early Monday. 
Head coach Matt LaFleur did say that he was informed of the positive test around 6 or 6.30 this morning. Now, they did not hold a workout today. However, they did have some virtual meetings. They also allowed some players in the building for what LaFleur called a flush. That would be a quick workout to reduce some post-game soreness. Players inside the building social distanced. LaFleur also said they have been very diligent about keeping boundaries, maintaining six-feet distances whenever possible looking for opportunities to use protective shields from Oakley in practice, and he did not seem concerned about the possibility of a further outbreak. He did say a couple of players were held out of the building today pending the results of a rapid test. They took a few hours to contact Trace, who Dylan might have been in close proximity with, put together the list of names, made all meetings virtual today, and resumed business. Now the big question, of course, is who is going to play running back this Thursday? Aaron Jones has missed two straight games, although he was designated as limited in practice for today. Of course, the Packers did not practice, given the short week they have, but they did submit estimates for what his designation would have been had they practiced. A.J. Dillon, obviously not available. Jamal Williams would be a question mark. He did not pop up on the injury report, but it's not a stretch to think he might have been in close proximity to A.J. Dillon. Tyler Irvin, the fourth running back on the roster, did play on Sunday versus the Vikings. He didn't look good, but it's hard to tell if that's a result of missing nearly a month or perhaps it's a result of his lingering wrist injury. He was also designated as limited on the estimated practice report. The final option, of course, would be Dexter Williams, who was elevated from the practice squad for the Houston Texans game. Before I move on from the injury report, we got a couple of new names. Right tackle Rick Wagner has a knee injury he was designated as did not participate. Safety Vernon Scott and safety Will Redmond both had shoulder injuries. Both were listed as did not participate. Now, Vernon Scott left the game early on Sunday. He was spotted walking into the locker room with a trainer. Green Bay is not the only super banged up team that will be playing on Thursday night. Tight end George Kittle is now expected to miss at least eight weeks with a broken ankle. This is just the latest in a very, very long string of devastating injuries to the 49ers' core. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo also will not be playing on Thursday. Nick Mullins will start in his place. The Packers have 19 players listed on their injury report. The 49ers have nine. But before you go thinking that this tips in the favor of the Niners, keep in mind there's a bunch of players, including Nick Bosa, who are already on injured reserve. And also... While the Packers had a lot of players designated as limited, there was only one player out of the nine guys listed on the Niners report, and that would be linebacker Quan Alexander, who was just traded to the Saints today. Let's be frank, neither one of these teams is in shape to play a football game in three days. Advantage, clearly, Packers. If the Pack cannot pull this off, there are no excuses. Now, I just got an update mid-podcast. The Packers have added two more names to the injury report. I am not an accredited journalist, therefore I can actually say the quiet part out loud. The two players, Jamal Williams and Kamal Martin, designated did not participate. The reason given, quote, not injury related. So I'm going to go ahead and take that as probably a confirmation that Jamal Williams has tested positive. Or at the least they are concerned about his possible exposure. So maybe Aaron Jones is good to go. He and Tyler Irvin are the only running backs on the roster marked any better at all than did not participate. Plus, there is Dexter Williams on the practice squad. We have a couple days until the game. Would not be shocking to see the Packers sign somebody off the street as emergency depth, or depending on how things go, as a feature back.
So it's totally possible that Jamal has just been held out due to contract tracing protocol, a non-football related absence, or literally anything. We all also know what else it could be. Either way, having Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams as your Thursday night one-two punch seems unrealistic. Finally, some more big news, because today just won't stop. ESPN's Adam Schefter went on the Pat McAfee show today, where he revealed that apparently the Green Bay Packers called Antonio Brown prior to him signing with the Buccaneers to gauge his interest in coming to Green Bay. You know I've been quite adamant of my opinion of Antonio Brown. I think he's a bad person. I think he should not be in the NFL. I think the Buccaneers should not have signed him. And I absolutely, under no circumstances, expected Brian Gutekunst to call him. Now, Schefter's story was a little bit vague. He also never actually reported it officially. And, in fact, today on McAfee's show, he did word it as, I think the Packers called AB. But there you go. That's the news. That's what's being reported. Hey, here's an idea. Let's all meet up again tomorrow for another edition of The Daily Cheese, and hopefully we'll have a bunch of good news to talk about. Until then, this is a short week, so we will be publishing our Packernet Podcast newsletter several days early in advance of this Thursday's game. Please go to packdraft.com newsletter and sign up. You're not going to want to miss it. These are really, really good. If you did sign up and you haven't received it yet, please check your spam folder. I promise if you signed up, you should have received it. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and follow the Packernet Podcast on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.